Welcome to the Food for Thought Lunch Break with Steve Bookbinder podcast, the show that gives you things to think about when you're trying to make more sales without all the seriousness of conventional sales talks. Enjoy and learn as he makes fun of sales training, salespeople, and sales trainers, including himself, all while giving you battle-tested strategies that work. Now, here's your host, Steve Bookbinder. Hey, thanks for joining me on your break. Turning your break into a coaching break with me is a great way for me to help you succeed in sales. This is a special series I'm doing for owners, and I'm including people that are accountable for sales success. I'm calling it Saturdays with Steve because I assume if you're an owner, you might be thinking big picture and personal development by listening to podcasts on Saturdays, for example. So you're wondering if you're in the right place. Well, you are in the right place. If you own your company or you are running the sales team and or you are the sales team and all the other positions too, your company is in early stage or late stage or startup, either you need your first sale, literally the first one, or you need the first sale of the new product or the new price or the new thing or the new service level, the first of the next wave of sales that will raise your company up to a new level. If you are accountable for the success of your territory, then you, my friend, are in the right place. First things first. Today, we're going to talk about getting the first thing every business needs to get started. It's first sale. Now, the first sale, we really need to understand something about this first sale. Because from a um, uh, financial point of view, obviously, you really can, well, you could say you're in business when you have no customers. uh, But you can only do that for a short period of time. Eventually, of course, you'd have to get your first sale. So you really want to be in business. But even more than that, uh, of course, you want to be in business in part because you like to get paid or you need to get paid. And so as a result of that, getting that first sale first financially, economically, obviously is important. But there's something else. There is an emotional, there's a psychological part of this equation too. You see this with um, salespeople that work for a company where they work for a team that exists, but now they're selling, they're the only ones selling this new thing and they have their own territory, they have their own product, etc. Or you're the manager. You're the manager who manages the team and you know this is the first sale under your watch. And so there's always a grace period. You know, that first day, that nobody goes, hey, how come the new person didn't close something today? You know, it's probably not the case. But in the first week, you know, in the first week, I find that the bigger the company and the bigger the position and the more ROI to that sale, the grace period could go six months, could go a year. But eventually, for most of us, not, not the case. In fact, by the end of the first month, it's already become a thing, emotionally, psychologically, a thing. At, by the second month, you're starting to wonder, is this really ever going to happen? I don't know if it's me, if it's the marketplace, if it's the product, if it's the price, if it's the company. Maybe the market's not ready. Maybe they were ready. Maybe the competitors are, maybe somebody's doing something different. It's just not working. And so for all those reasons, we start to doubt ourselves. And meanwhile, here's the thing. I want you to think about your sales goal is to create a pipeline of lead flow and deal flow. So you've got this kind of 
image of a pipeline with what's flowing through deals and leads and you need that for your business to grow and really be at that level you want it to be at well you know what the first sale is it's like a plug it's a plug that's stuck in the pipe and you need to remove that plug because the removing of that plug now allows all the other leads and all the great success to follow it now here's the thing about that plug it may be difficult to move because what you're looking for is, let's call it the perfect sale. Now, how'd you come up with this perfect sale? Well, on, I was going to say paper and pencil, but digital paper and pencil and Excel, some kind of a, a document. You're uh, figuring out the arithmetic, the math behind what you need and what you'll deliver and what you'll charge and how they'll pay and how it's going to work for you to make a living, at least based on your assumptions. But when you're doing that, very often, you're picturing not actually the first sale. You're picturing, let's call it the 50th sale or the 100th sale or at least the 10th sale, but not the first sale. You see, you need that first sale out of the way. So getting the first sale out of the way is more important than anything. So to do that, you've, you've got to be flexible. You've got to be flexible. But here's the problem. See, the usual problem is this. We start by getting the word out. Well, nobody knows who we are. We got to get the word out. So how do we get the word out? Well, we use social media. We use emails. We use uh, paid advertising. We use whatever we've got to get the word out as wide and deep as we possibly can to our network and as big a network and keep trying to grow that network, whether it's Facebook, whether it's LinkedIn, whether wh whatever your uh, database actually is, that's your network. And you're trying every which way to do that. You're standing on a box, screaming in a park. You're uh, calling everybody you can, emailing, social selling, everything you can to get that word out. Now, Here's the thing. Effective versus efficient. Very efficient to use one message. Very effective to use a different message for every single person, but not very efficient. So we tend to, in the beginning, in our race to get that first sale, we, we focus on efficiency, get the word out to the most uh, people. And so here's the trap, though. We either get the word out by literally defining a problem that we solve, a problem that we solve, which may not be everybody's problem, and... The one solution, the one size fits all, that one way we serve our service uh, or price it or deliver it, the package, the product, if you will, that's our solution. So you've got this problem. We've got that solution. I want you to think of that. If you have a lock that looks exactly like this, we have the key that fits that lock at this price. Now, you could do that. And the good news about that is if anybody had that specific need at that moment and could understand it uh, framed up that way, you're in. Bad news is that's not as likely to happen. And the problem is, uh, even uh, if you did send out as uh, many emails as you could, you really couldn't learn anything about whether that offer was ever right or not, because it just probably didn't hit people in the right way. So, what do we do? What should we do? Well, the other way to go, of course, is you just get the word out and you let them know you're out there. Some sort of branding campaign. Branding, very good. You should should be doing branding. Branding is the kind of thing that whenever you're doing it, about you realize that you should have started a year earlier than that. Has to work. Does work. It works for reasons we understand. It works for reasons you don't understand. It will support everything, including your price. But it alone will not produce the direct response quality of uh, immediate reaction. So what should you do? Well, here's my advice. Ask yourself, what's the shortest distance to the first sale? What do you really need to get the first person to buy? Well, the first thing you need to get them to buy is your first conversation, your first scheduled conversation with that first person. 
So now how are we going to ask the, that person? Because how we ask, it's not only how we ever met or how we got introduced, and literally how we ask changes the whole conversation. Well, if we start by looking like a cold calling, mass mailing kind of a salesperson, kind of a, you know, I've got a hammer and everything looks like a nail. Why? Because I've got a hammer. So everything looks like a nail. That's not how you're going to get the first sale. You've got to find what's most relevant for the customer, which at that moment may not be exactly the way you envisioned that 50th sale, that 10th sale, that 200th sale, that perfect sale that you eventually want. In fact, you want a portfolio of sales. That's what you want. You want this whole diverse portfolio of different kinds of sales so you're not overly reliant, you're not overly at risk uh, depending on one part of the market. So just like a financial portfolio, you've got uh, big sales and little sales and new and existing, and you've got all the right balance of everything from every lead source. But that first sale, let's be flexible about that. Now, money is not always the obstacle. And lowering your price does not necessarily make your offering more attractive. So a lot of times people just aren't interested and they, and they don't think it's relevant. And you lower the price. Well, but if you buy today, I'll, you say 50 bucks. Well, I wasn't interested before. But sometimes if there is an interest, you need to be flexible in the way you deliver your service and your pricing for that first deal. Because the first deal, once you get it, it just changes everything. So don't think that because you did a first deal a certain way, you would repeat it again. You might never do that first deal again. You might not even renew to that same customer with that same deal again. But don't worry about that. Worry about just getting to the first deal. So how are you going to do that? Well, I want you to think about a couple of things that might just give you that edge. And some of them include money, but different ways of thinking about money. So, for example, consider every kind of way to change money from being an obstacle to being an incentive to work together. Then consider changing from an upfront, all the money upfront, or a 50% now, 50% later kind of a model, to a monthly fee, or give them a small discount if they pay 100% upfront, rather than requiring it. So you've got the uh, the default, I'll, I'll charge you quarterly, I'll charge you monthly, and just change the way that you're uh, billing. Or... Provide some service for free. And I can't emphasize enough how I've used this across my career. I always give everybody something for free. Why? Well, if you're going to uh, compare my proposal to somebody else's and one of my elements is for free, it becomes difficult to have apples to apples against anybody else's offering. So I always feel that there's an advantage right there. And it's not really possible to exactly calculate it. So it may be more valuable to some than others, but it's there. And uh, you certainly need your first customer to have a great customer experience. So it's easier for that first customer to recommend you to others if they got something for free. So they'll think a little bit better about you. So think about that. And also, as you start to close that first sale, I want you to think about working with them very closely and develop timetables and develop benchmarks that you report against and service them. Service sell. You're going to service them so that you get that um, renewal. Why? Because right away, right away, as soon as you close that deal, you've got to be thinking about the renewal. Okay, now you have that first sale down. It was like a plug in your sales pipeline, which you dug out. You just pushed it out, and good for you for doing that. All the rest that you need to launch your successful career can now come through. 
Join me next Saturday or whenever you like to listen as we discuss getting the lead flow and deal flow and all the rest of that flow that your business needs. Thank you for listening to Food for Thought. To get your free sales playbook, visit dmtraining.net forward slash podcast. And be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss any of Steve's jokes and helpful resources. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next week.